When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about the Raiders. We can't get Vontae Paul. That player is is being wasted. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. It is Josh McDaniel's program. Yeah. People from top to bottom are Josh's people. If you're pulling the plug on that, you're talking about a full organizational reset. Today's guests, host of Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Fox Sports College Football Analyst, Bruce Feldman. Jets running back, Reese Hall. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Welcome to November, everybody. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. And man, is there a lot going on on this very busy Wednesday. Brees Hall of the New York Jets joining us in hour number three. Bruce Feldman right in the middle of this program as the college football playoffs have come out with their first rankings of the season. Um, also, uh, the sign sealer dude, apparently, as he's now being referred to in the center of the state of Michigan, uh, showed up at Central Michigan sideline, allegedly. Um, looking like Bobby Valentine back in the dugout uh, after he got thrown out of a game. We'll talk about all that stuff with Bruce Feldman in the middle of hour number two. Mike Florio's first up on the show. And man, is there a lot to talk about with him uh, with the trade deadline having been passed on Tuesday and then a major decision overnight in Las Vegas, Nevada. Good to see you over there. Chris Brockman, how are you? Rich, what's up, man? Good to see you. Mike Del Tufo, how are you? Good, Rich. TJ Jefferson, the candle is lit. It appears over there. Good to see you. How are you? How are you doing today? Oh, boy, is there a lot to talk about? Let's just jump right into it here. Um, Listen, straight up, um, very few times are um, uh, uh, decisions made in the middle of the night in Las Vegas that are rational. Um, (laughs) Well done. um, Great great start. (laughs) Great start. I mean... <laughs> or smart, but or this safe. one, this one, this one does appear to be uh, 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 expected and uh, understood and understandable, yeah. straight up. Yeah. Uh, despite it does come across as a little bit rash and harsh, and that is the firing of Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas, along with the general manager Dave Ziegler, who was handpicked by McDaniels to come aboard with him when Mark Davis fired the interim head coach Rick Rich Pisaccio, or did not retain him. And my buddy Mike Mayock was fired as the general manager to bring in Patriots West. And um, Mark Davis uh, and the Raiders uh, Xing out, tweeting out, whatever you want to call it, a statement um, overnight saying that after much thought about what the Raiders need to uh, move forward, I've decided to part ways with Dave and with Josh and Dave. I want to thank them for both of their hard work and wish them and their families nothing but the best. That's from Mark Davis. And you saw it on on Monday Night Football, uh, a team that just couldn't score points, and that's what Josh McDaniels has been brought in to do. And a quarterback who can't find the um, the all world wide receiver, who was brought in by McDaniels and Ziegler in their first big move together, um, the the quarterback who was handpicked by these guys to find somebody like Devontae Adams over and over again, had him twice for. 
huge touchdowns and missed him. And Jimmy Garoppolo has looked brutal. And Derek Carr has three 300-yard games in a row. And, I mean, I could go on and on and on. And um, Mark Davis looked at where things were going after handing the entire organization over to these two. Essentially saying, we're starting over here after they made the playoffs and not retaining Rich Passaccia and sending Mike Mayock back to the media saying, let's reach into the Belichick system and go get this guy. Figuring that like Belichick, it would be second time around better. We all know he was fired in the middle of the season in the middle of the year two the last time he was coaching in the AFC West in Denver. And everybody who I know in the Raiders organization told me multiple times over and over again, this is Josh's show. And they ch- changed the entire culture of the building. Everything was done the way that Josh wanted it to be done and Dave Ziegler wanted it to be done. And that's understandable. If you're an owner, you hand things off to these guys, certainly if it's the Belichick way. And, you know, to be straight up with you, once again, we're left with the impression that the Belichick way doesn't work unless it's the Belichick guy doing it. And even this year, we all know what's going on in New England. And whatever's going on behind the scenes, as always, there is an iceberg in the NFL. And we, outside of buildings in the NFL, in our own worlds of viewing things on a, a screen and your your phone and your mobile device or however you take in your media these days, we only see the tip of the iceberg. We do. And last week, the Raiders had a full meeting of the minds, I guess, where they aired all the grievances. It was half a festivus last week. And the feats of strength coming out of that airing of grievances was the Lions putting the bang thing on the Raiders on Monday night, and that, I guess, proved to be too much for Mark Davis. Certainly when he's looking at the results in this results-oriented business, the Raiders have a bottom three scoring and total offense in 2023. They're averaging 15.8 points a game in this quarterback-driven league. Honestly, the uh, 15.8, that's the Dolphins have that many points in two and a half drives. <laughs> Total offense, they're 31st in 2023. These points per game and total offense, which is 268.3 yards per game, worst in a season for the Raiders since 2009. McDaniels had a top eight scoring offense in 12 of his 13 seasons as the Patriots offensive coordinator. You could do the difference. One of those offenses had Brady as the quarterback. One of these offenses has Brady knocking on the door of ownership. The Raiders have scored fewer than 20 offensive points in all eight games in 2023. That's the longest such streak to start the season since St. Louis and Washington did it in 2009. And I can tell you right now that St. Louis offense uh, was on turf, but there was no great show. (laughs) The Raiders are last in the NFL with a turnover margin of minus eight. They've had a giveaway in all eight games this year. They've had a giveaway in 15 straight games. The longest giveaway streak by the Raiders is 16 back in 2011-2012. Then there's Mr. Garoppolo you see on the screen right here. 
clearly not himself. He looks hurt or shot, whichever way you want to view it. He leads the NFL in nine, with nine interceptions in 2023 despite missing two games. He would be the third player in Raiders history to lead the NFL in interceptions. Kerry Collins and Daryl LaMonica in 04 and 69, respectively. The Raiders lead the NFL with 30 interceptions since McDaniels came aboard. Garoppolo is having his worst season ever, and this is after the team signs him to a three-year $72.8 million deal that had to be pushed off in announcing because there was something going on with Garoppolo's foot that needed to be renegotiated apparently at the last second before it became official. And that's the guy that replaces their longtime quarterback, Derek Carr, who we all know Devontae Adams in many ways chose Las Vegas as his post-Packers destination because he wanted to play with Derek Carr. Josh McDaniels and David Ziegler did not sign or did not give Josh Jacobs his fifth-year option pickup, instead playing him in a third preseason game like he was a third stringer. Jacobs winds up having the best rushing season of maybe anybody last year, certainly in terms of rushing yards. He was a rushing yards leader. That led to them having to franchise tag him. And a whole brouhaha that caused him to miss training camp. I could go on and on. So sometimes guys get bounced out of their gigs in the middle of a season, and you're like, that's too much. Or in the middle of year two of a six-year contract, and you say that's too much because guys can turn it around. They can turn it around. I mean, just look at the way Dan Campbell started his Lions career as the head coach, and now look at him, right? But when it's it's a record that McDaniels has put up in his first year and a half with the decisions that he and his hand-picked general manager have made, putting it all together with the results being 9-16. and 16. And some of those 16 were last year games where they blew a 20 to nothing halftime lead over the Cardinals and Kyler Murray came back and won it for a team that went 3 and 12 the rest of the way in Arizona losing to the Titans on a game tying two-pointer that failed um then of course there is losing to Baker Mayfield and the Rams after Baker Mayfield had just gotten off a plane on a short week on a Thursday night oh and there's the Loss to a guy that had just gotten off a fishing boat who had never coached before in Jeff Saturday, watching his iron deer in a front lawn that's now currently in a CBS booth. Matt Ryan run it for, I have it written down here. Hold on a minute. Uh, 39-yard scramble for Matt Ryan. That is not anything that needs to be adjusted. Matt Ryan ran for 39 consecutive yards. (laughs) Consecutive. Okay. That happened. (laughs) That happened. only win Jeff Saturday had as the interim head coach for Indianapolis. And one of their only wins, one of the only wins for Josh McDaniels is when the receiver who McDaniels took in free agency this year, Jacoby Myers, threw a pass directly to Chandler Jones, whose history with the Raiders, we don't really need to go into too in-depth here, despite his huge contract that they gave him. Um, that was a gimme win 
over New England, I might add. So, again, I could go on and on. So, it, it is clear Mark Davis made what appears to be a clear-headed decision despite, in this day and age, a year and a half, not usually enough to give a coach, certainly when, hey, um, they're used to firing people there. And you, you know you don't want to keep turning things over. Antonio Pierce has been named as the interim head coach. He's the linebackers coach in Vegas for the last two years. He might be a familiar name to a lot of you, certainly in Washington and New York City. He played his first four years of his career from 01 to 04 with Washington and then spent the final five years of his career with the Giants, including winning a championship over the aforementioned Brady and Patriots. He has zero head coaching experience professionally and zero experience coaching offense, which, as I've already established, is the main issue with these Raiders this year. The defense has tightened up, and the offense has been dreadful, and that's McDaniels' bailiwick. Pierce becomes the 13th different head coach and interim head coach for the Raiders since they last won a playoff game, which was the Super Bowl loss in 2002. No other team has had more than 11 head coaches since that time. So this franchise knows a ton of turnover, and one would think Davis doesn't want to eat four years plus of a contract, but he felt no choice but to do it. And the Raiders' new regime having a meeting this morning, making the decision to go with the rookie Aiden O'Connell for the rest of the year because Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe, is done as the Raiders quarterback because they don't want him to get any further injury suffered, which would cause them to have to keep him after this year. They're basically doing to him what McDaniels did to Derek Carr for the final two games last year. Oh. You won't see Jimmy no more. Uh -uh. Unless there is some significant rash of injuries that they have to go through. You won't see him anymore, just like Paulie from The Godfather. So do you think it's over for him? I, I mean, not just no, with Oakland. I mean, oh, I don't in know. the NFL. No, I don't think so. Of course not. I mean, Garoppolo just needs to get healthy and show everybody that's not a foot problem, that's not this, that's not that. But it's truly amazing that that's where we are entering week nine of this year. And Mark Davis probably just had some moment where he's just like, wait a minute, this is not the way I thought it would go. And I handed off the entire keys of the organization to this regime. Devontae Adams is slamming his helmet and I'm paying him how much? Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm paying him how much? And this is the regime that started Brian Hoyer in Chicago when they're starting Tyson Bagent, and he's coming up with his first career win and his first career start out of Shepherd State, and I got Aiden O'Connell sitting there, and they traded up for him in the draft, and you're starting Brian Hoyer? Is that what's going on here? And then I saw this on a Monday night. Really? Is this what we're doing? I'm just assuming that that's the way it went. And I understand, you know, when these things happen, we're not just talking about coaches and whatever. We're talking about families. Sure, McDaniels moved, you know, obviously uprooted everything in his life. And today is a very difficult day for him and his family. 
But I, I just think in this results-oriented business and the way things were going and the decisions that were made, Carr out and Garoppolo in and Josh Jacobs, we're not going to you know give you a 50-year option. And then he then turns into the rushing champion and, you know, um, everybody else on this team from Adams to Jacobs is just less than. And, you know, Hunter Renfro is supposed to be the Welker and Edelman of this system. And he's, you know, he's, he's neither. He's not even, he's not even sniffing that area code and Waller just disappeared and they flipped, they let him walk. Instead of trading him to Green Bay, uh, you know, in in the Devontae Adams trade for maybe some sort of capital back with Adams draft style. And instead, they just let him walk and for a compensatory pick, you could have gotten more for him from Green Bay. I mean, there's so many different moves that didn't work and that left you scratching your head. So... That's the way we start today's program. And um, there's another quarterback change that's happened in the NFL. We'll talk about that on this show. Uh, Mike Florio, what a perfect time to have him on tap. Let's take a break. Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio next. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back here on the program... Man, I didn't see that one coming. I mean, I totally understood it, but I, I didn't see it coming. 
Yeah. You know, because I saw it. End of, end of the night, but, Halloween. Yeah, right. In bed. Yeah, let's check Twitter real quick. Whoa! I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Crazy, crazy. It was, uh, a, what was that, around 10 o'clock at it night? Was like, like 1 in the morning yeah, Eastern? Like one, 1 Eastern, yeah. Man, oh man. Crazy. So. Not, not surprising, I mean. I don't know. I mean, I don't know who you get the jump on. I mean, who's out there? I, I don't you know, know. There's a ton of young coordinators ton of that young you coordinators, can you can yeah. jump on and see if they're ready. Yeah. You know. But it's GM two. It's OC also. There's a lot of spots, you know. There. I don't. So the guy you might want to just go get is um, Jim Harbaugh. No, no. I will talk about it later. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. Just, I don't think so. I don't. I, I'm I'm just I honestly I, think I Jim think so is staying. I really think Jim is staying. Yeah. That's the way. That's the way. I, and again, we're gonna have Bruce Feldman coming up an hour too. Everything I'm hearing is that, you know. The school president tweeted out, you know, a photograph of the team. Our 144th team is, you know, we're, we're there for them. And I think they're going to rally around Jim and they're going to give him the contract. That's the way I'm hearing. Mm. Which doesn't mean anything, I guess. But I don't know. Mm. Who knows? But that is the uh, the conversation to be had. Mike Florio is going to join us in a second. I mean, one of these college, uh, college guys? Who knows? Uh, I don't know what the... College guy? I don't know. You think he's gonna he's gonna go college guy? Doesn't seem like it. But I think he's gonna go coordinator here. What if this Raider season goes really bad and they have a top five pick? Uh, they've lost three, and one thing they're not doing is they are not tanking. Devontae Adams and understood Max Crosby are not tankers, sir. They should have kept Bisaccia. They should have right back here on the Rich Eisen Show eight four four two zero four Rich number to dial. Sitting here at the Rich Eisen Show desk on the Rich Eisen Show radio network. The desk is furnished by Granger. It supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Mike Florio stopping by from Pro Football Talk. Perfect timing. And also, he's got another book coming out called On Our Way Home. And we'll talk about that shortly right here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, Michael? Doing great, Rich. First time on Zoom. How about us? How about us? Oh. You know, oh. that was part of this whole thing. As I said, I need to see Florio. I need to see that beautiful part of his, you know, salt and pepperness. Like, honestly, dude, like I, 20 hey, years listen. ago, I had the flow. You you look the same, man. You don't age. No, 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 no. There's a lot more salt than pepper. It's so much easier doing this on the phone. You don't have to be conscious of your facial expressions. Okay. You know, if you have to do a scratch or a pick, nobody sees it. That's, so yeah. it's a little more challenging. <laughs> Okay, so one in the morning Eastern is when everything went down in Vegas, I guess. What what can you tell me about why Mark Davis made this move uh, with with his uh, front office and his coach, Mike? It is so funny. I woke up this morning, and the first thing I always do, check the phone. We've got a PFT writer's text thread, and my eyes were adjusting. Yes. It's like something about McDaniels and Ziggler. It's like, did they have a press conference yesterday? I have to trade on, but it's like, holy crap, time to mobilize. Um I don't think anybody knows why Mark Davis does anything that he does. And my first big takeaway on this, Rich, isn't whether or not Josh McDaniels should have been fired. He shouldn't have been hired. Because if you're not going to give one of the Bill Belichick disciples time to make the Patriot way, take root and grow properly, don't do it. It's a three to four year operation 
to turn over your roster to get to the point where you've got a locker room full of players, if you can even find 53 of them anymore, that will fully and completely submit to the militaristic style. You check your individuality at the door. You do whatever the coach says. You don't say anything to the media. All the stuff that Belichick has tried to imprint on his teams. And it's funny because guys like McDaniels and Matt Patricia, who, like McDaniels, didn't get enough time in Detroit, those guys say, oh, I'm going to do it my own way. I'm going to be my own person. They don't realize it's ingrained in you when you're with him for a decade or longer. It's in your DNA. So Davis never should have hired him. I heard one of your folks say that Bisaccia should have gotten the job. Yes, look at what Bisaccia did under the most difficult circumstances. All the Gruden stuff that happened, the emails, the firing, or whatever that was, the Henry Ruggs situation in 2021, for crying out loud, what Mike Mayock and Rich Bisaccia did to get that team to the playoffs, they almost beat the Bengals, who almost beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, should have kept Bisaccia, should have kept Gruden. That was the first mistake. And hiring McDaniels without a commitment to keeping him long-term was the second mistake. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Obviously, you know how I feel about Mayock. And I know Raiders, a lot of Raiders fans are saying, well, the roster uh, needed to be turned over, and he didn't really provide a lot of the coal for the engine. I, you know, uh, That's Gruden. Gruden was calling the shots. You know, right. So, you know, bottom line is though, um, that was then, and I guess this is now. What do you make of the first order of business being Aiden O'Connell getting the gig for well, here on out? Is that is that a we we can't risk Garoppolo getting any more hurt, so he's going to be on on a roster that we have no intention of keeping him on? Is that the way this is working to you, Mike? Last year, it was $40 million in injury guarantees for Derek Carr that became fully vested just a few days after the Super Bowl. So the last few weeks of the season, they put him in bubble wrap. They went with Jared Stidham, and they cut Derek Carr when they weren't able to work out a trade for him, not that they were ever going to work out a trade for Derek Carr. Now you got Jimmy Garoppolo and $11.25 million in injury guarantees that vest in March of next year. I think for now, it's more about Garoppolo isn't performing well. He leads the NFL in interceptions with nine, and he's missed two and a half games. Are you kidding me? So Aiden O'Connell played well in his start against the Chargers. They only lost by seven. I think that it's a combination of performance and let's not play Jimmy Garoppolo. I won't be surprised if they cut him between now and the end of the season, frankly. That's the ultimate way to avoid having to pay him the $11.25 million in injury guarantees next year. If he's healthy enough to pass a physical now, just cut him before something happens where you're on the hook for that money. And I've seen some say that maybe somebody should have tried to trade for him. Yesterday, like the Vikings, like he's not mobile. He can't process information quickly. He's not consistently accurate. He's hurt all the time. I mean, other than that, sure, why not? <laughs> And many of those reasons is why, you know, the, the Niners decided to to eventually move on. It, it's just kind of stunning, man, a year and a half in. And so what, what do you what do you what what's your general sense, I guess, of where the Raiders might go from here once the dust settles, do you think? Well, every time a firing happens, Rich, with plenty of time left in the regular season, We'll hear someone say, well, the Raiders have a head start now on conducting a full and complete search and turning over every stone. And we know yeah. damn well that every owner knows who he wants to hire the moment the last coach is fired. So he knows who he wants. Now, could he change his mind between now and then? Maybe. What if Antonio Pierce turns it around? What if Antonio Pierce does what Rich Passaccia did two years ago? Right. I'd like to think maybe Mark Davis would have learned from that mistake 
and give Antonio Pierce at least another year to see if he can replicate it. So keep an open mind, conduct an expansive and inclusive and broad search and defer any decisions until the appropriate time after the season is ended. This is an opportunity to make a really good hire, but that's the problem. Look, as Jed York once said during a period of intense dysfunction with the 49ers, you can't fire the owner. And the problem is Mark Davis. The guy that's made a bunch of bad decisions over the past 12 years is going to make the next decision. Is he going to make a good decision? His track record tells us probably not. So that's what we have to factor into this as well. And I also wonder, Rich, who he's getting advice from. Like, how involved was Tom Brady in whispering in Mark Davis's ear as to whether or not he should fire Josh McDaniels? How much will Brady be involved going forward? Was John Gruden talking to Mark Davis? All these guys are advised by someone. Mm. I'd love to know who gave Gruden or who gave Davis his advice and whether Gruden was involved in telling him what he thought he should do with Josh McDaniels. I thought you were going code red on me right there, Mike. I thought that's where you were going with that uh, with that answer. Uh, so what's your best guess? Who is in Mark Davis's mind then right now? You know, there's already chatter about Jim Harbaugh. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know that Harbaugh is going to be very attractive to an NFL team, depending upon how deep this rabbit hole goes with the Kaiser Soze situation up in <laughs> Michigan, right? That guy's popping up everywhere. Like, how can Harbaugh like – Harbaugh said that he didn't know anything about it. Well, at a certain point, you become Mr. Magoo if this program of stealing signs was as vast as it appears to be. He wanted the Minnesota job. He thought he was getting the Minnesota job. That's my understanding. The Vikings went with Kevin O'Connell, interviewed for the Broncos job this year. They went with Sean Payton. I don't know that there's an escape hatch. And when they pushed the story on Sunday, the Sunday Splash report about Harbaugh possibly being suspended by the league if he's suspended by the NCAA, well, I don't know what rule would support that. It would be antitrust, frankly, for the league to do it. But if it scares teams away from hiring, him mission accomplished but davis would be the one guy who wouldn't care about it and jim harbaugh's coaching career started as quarterbacks coach and probably before that quality control with the raiders 20 plus years ago mike florio pro football talk here on the rich eisen show what were the washington commanders doing yesterday mike selling like duke and duke sell 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 (laughs) hey this is josh harris i think recognizing that the reset button is going to be pressed at the end of the season. And we knew going in owners don't buy teams because like, Hey, you know what? I'd like to buy a team, but I want to buy the team that employs Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew and Jason, Wright Because I want those guys working for me. I'm only buying that team. No, they buy a team and then they have their ideas as to how the team is going to be run. And the only way to change that, the only way to delay that is to win. So the commanders aren't winning. I suspect Ron Rivera very much would have liked to have, Chase Young and Montez Sweat on the roster the rest of the year to try to turn this around and get the seventh seed and save his job. But Josh Harris recognizing changes are afoot for the commanders. I suspect it's going to get blown up after the season. And this is the most tangible sign yet that Josh Harris is eyeballing a future that will be crafted in whatever the owner of the team decides to do by way of team president team general manager, and head coach. But the, these are two guys at positions that you're going to go hunt for using these draft choices. You know what I'm saying? And I understand there's money and cap and what have you, and you don't know if you'll be able to hold on to these guys. But to for Sweat and Chase Young on the same day, I mean, these aren't like 35-year-old guys, 33-year-old guys 
and I understand Young has an injury history that he's still coming back from. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. That that's the, that's the head scratch because again, these are these are guys that that you need now. You know what I'm saying? And and, oh, and next year. So absolutely. I, don't get it. I mean, you know, the draft is a lottery, and when you get a winning lottery ticket, you don't throw it back for more lottery tickets. You cash it in. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and it makes you wonder what the plans are going forward. Um, maybe the extra draft picks make the team more attractive to whoever it is Josh Harris wants to try to hire. There's some rumors out there on the grapevine. There's some theories out there about potential candidates to take over the team, possibly a coach who we think is going to be fired by the Patriots but might be traded by the Patriots to the commanders when the season is over. Who knows? So uh, a lot of stuff goes into it. But when you give up those two pieces that you could use now to try to win games and get to the postseason, you're sending the signal to the world, changes are coming once this season ends. What did you just say? What, what, did I, what, There's I, some what, chatter out there. What, what, we talked about it on PFT Live today. There's a little chatter out there about a possible trade of Bill Belichick. And it's not really a trade, but it is a trade. The commanders would call the Patriots after the season and say, what compensation would you want if we were to contact Bill Belichick and talk to him about coming to Washington, being our head coach, and he'd say, yes, what compensation would you want? They reach a deal. They give him permission to talk directly to Belichick. They work out a deal when Belichick moves on. I think that that uh, Sunday splash report from a couple of Sundays ago where Ian popped into the game day show and said that Belichick signed a contract in the offseason, lucrative, multi-year, et cetera. My first thought was, that's from Belichick's camp trying to get out the word that he ain't getting fired during the season. Mm. But you know what? Based on some chatter out there about Belichick to the commanders, maybe, maybe, Rich, it was a message by the Patriots to anyone out there that would want Belichick. You're not just going to be able to hire him. You got to deal with us. Mm-hmm. We got his rights. He's under contract with us. So we'll finish this season. We'll see who's out there looking for a head coach, and we'll wait for the phone to ring. And maybe we'll do some business and maybe get back what we had to give up to the Jets to get him in the first place. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen show. What what's the trade deadline trade that um that didn't get made that you heard about or anything that you're willing to throw out there from for us? Well, the Josh Josh Uche talk in New England, and this kind of gets back to the whole pass rushers and do you value pass rushers? Do you pay pass rushers? The Patriots don't really pay big money to pass rushers under Bill Belichick. And you know, the talk was any of their guys in the last year of the contract, especially Uche, someone to watch as a potentially available player because let's go ahead and get the compensation for this guy. Yeah, he walks away in free agency. Yeah, there's compensatory draft pick consideration, but that was one that I had kind of had an eyeball on. I I still was thinking that somebody was going to make a play for Derrick Henry. I, I'd been saying for weeks, Derrick Henry did the Browns. I, 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 the Ravens were linked to him. Me the too, Mike. would have been a fascinating possibility. The Browns would have been something. Could you imagine today's version of Jim Brown, Derrick yeah. Henry, on the Browns? Yeah, or, or Dallas, or anywhere but Tennessee, you know, although maybe Will Levis's performance caused them to say, let's see what we can do uh, with DeAndre Hopkins scoring three touchdowns. You know, uh, that could have something to do with it. But then... I don't understand the whole business of, well, Derrick Henry didn't renegotiate his contract and his $5 million left on it. I'm like, $5 million for Derrick Henry? Like, are you kidding me to finish the season and maybe become your McCaffrey and make your team plus, you know, um, Ravens plus, Bills plus, Browns plus? Like, I 
don't get that. Um, I would have absolutely flipped uh, a draft choice of significance because then who the hell is this kid in college? You're 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 keeping the amorphous possibility of of drafting somebody late in the first round that could be great or or Derrick Henry now. I I quite frankly don't get it sometimes, Mike. And Rich, it would have been a perfect opportunity to do a trade that involved various levels of picks based upon what Henry does the rest right. of the year. Sure. Sliding right. scale. It'll be a five or a four or a three or a two, whether it's his success, whether it's team success. The Browns desperately need something for their offense. But the problem with the Browns is when you've given up three first round picks and three mid round picks for Deshaun Watson, and you've gotten no return on that investment, never mind the money. We talk about the money all the time because that contract was unprecedented. Three ones, three mid level picks. Those are key players that can be part of your foundation for years to come, gone forever. And it's all into Deshaun Watson's hands, and he's not playing, and their defense is good enough to beat anyone. They just need something offensively. I thought it would have been a stroke of genius for them to go get Derrick Henry, do a trade based upon how well they do. It just feels like if they could get something out of their offense, the window is open for them to be a real contender for the first time in a very long time. Before I let you go, sir, tell me about this book and uh, what it is in support of, Mike. Well, this is a Christmas story that I wrote literally during Christmas season two years ago. It was mm -hmm. an idea I was carrying around for about 10 or 15 years, and it was just one of those things. You sit down and you start, and before you know it, it's over. On our way home, it's a story that lands at the intersection of A Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life. It is supposed to be a message of reconciliation and redemption for families. There are so many family relationships out there that are fractured. The holidays are a perfect time to try to repair them before it's too late. That's part of the story. You want to repair them before it's too late. And if it is too late, you need to find a way to come to terms with that relationship that can never be repaired. That's kind of the message that drives the thing. Um, and every penny I make goes to the Humane Society of Harrison County, West Virginia, a no-kill shelter that provides care for rescued dogs and cats until they find their permanent home. Attaboy. I just want to get as many people as possible to read it. I think it's a good story, despite the fact that I wrote it. <laughs> and I think it sends a powerful message that would help a lot of people at the holidays. I posted it for free last year, like an advent calendar on the website. And I got some great feedback from the people who took the time to read it. I was overwhelmed by some of the reaction. I just want to get people to read it because I think it can help people. You know, the world's kind of a dark and scary place right now. The holidays are a time to kind of reset, but they're hard for a lot of people because of those family relationships that are broken. And I just if I could just inspire a handful of people to fix a relationship that needs to be fixed, it will have been worth it. Beautiful. How can people get it? Amazon.com, $3.99 for the ebook and $9.99 for the paperback. It's back over my shoulder. I should have grabbed it and like held it up here. But uh, go, go ahead and get it. Go ahead and get yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, I don't have pants on. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm too Beautiful. lazy to walk over there. Okay, very um, good. So, uh, okay. yeah. But uh, I appreciate you letting me talk about it, Rich. And, and it, really, brother, I, I, I think that people will enjoy it. I hope they'll enjoy it. I hope people will give it a try. Mike Florio, you're the man. Thanks for the time here. Um, and enjoy the uh, the month of November, pal. We'll, uh, let's let's, uh, let's chat uh, in short order. Appreciate it. Anytime. You Good talking it. to you. That's Mike Florio. Check out PFT Live on Peacock, which you can see right here on the Roku platform. And, of course, at Pro Football Talk, I must follow. And get on our way home at uh, Amazon. Let's take a break. The college football playoff rankings are out. And 
What the hell is that dude doing on the sideline? It looks like at Central Michigan. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partners sleep number does that my sleep number setting is 60 my wife's is 70 10 numbers apart but it truly is the world of difference the sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable you will love it jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now you could save 50 percent that's 50 percent on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed I got a recruiting story. You want what to hear a recruiting? Please. You're saying Harbaugh's crazy. So I'm recruiting, right, for Cal. Mm-hmm. Is that fire real? It is definitely not so, real. So I'm... I'm uh, it's a television set, Steve. I'm recruiting back in Minnesota, and it's like January, all right? And it's snow, and it's cold, and everything this like that. This is when you were the HC of Cal. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're sitting around at a home visit, right? Family visit. Yeah. So the kid's there, the mom and dad, little sisters are there grandparents are there and we're just kind of having hot chocolate right yeah and so um it's kind of you know we're talking about let's go to cal you know it's great school the best in the world and all that stuff yes and so when you sit there for several hours sometimes the conversation's good and sometimes it drags all right so so it, it started to drag and i was running out of things to say <laughs> if you can imagine that yeah right. and so there it was snowing out and it was cold and it was cool it was just awesome being in there you know mm-hmm. and there was a cat sitting over by the fireplace mm-hmm. right like just like, like this fire just like this fire, fire when he was a real fire rich yeah and it was a cat and it was all curled up and it looked so cozy so awesome yeah and then conversation was dragging a little bit and i went ah wouldn't you just love to be that cat right now? <laughs> and and everybody looked at the cat, and just as I, just as everybody looked, it rolled over and started licking himself all over the place. Like, Grandma looked at me like, what? <laughs> I didn't get that kid, all right? I didn't go well after that. <laughs> kind of went downhill. Oh, yeah, but that cat, oh, my gosh. That cat just kind of screwed me over a little bit. And he's like, wow. timing is Looked everything. like it's screwing itself over. Oh, man, you're telling me. Cozy for a while. Oh, my God. 
So I didn't get that kid. God, Mooch is truly I mean, an A++ storyteller. Really? God, one of my favorites. Back here on our, our radio network, uh, one big happy streaming family with uh, Roku. Hey, um, college hey. football playoffs committee has met and uh, spat out its first um, rankings. Now, look, these are purely fodder for conversation. It's a PR thing to get people talking about it, which makes sense. Certainly because these, these games are always played either on New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. People are running around. They might uh, not have time to see it. Who knows? But you, you get it started. You get the conversation. It's a conversation starter. Um, and the number one ranked team, according to the College Football Playoff Committee, is the Ohio State, followed by Georgia, Michigan, then Florida State. Washington is the only current undefeated team on the outside looking in, followed by Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ole Miss. The reason why Ohio State is number one, and I totally get it, is they've they've played some opponents that Georgia and certainly my school is not. Now, one of them is Penn State. My school will do that. The other one is Notre Dame, which refused to start uh, keep playing my school. Uh, ran like chickens, as I believe uh, Brady Hoke once said. And listen, if you've got a problem, Del Tufo, with Ohio State being number one, have your school put a friggin' 11th man out there when the game's on the line. That would have been, that'd have been, that'd have been helpful. Have beaten them. But the bottom line is I'm Ohio sorry, State did beat. beat Notre Dame and did beat Penn State and convincingly. And that's why uh, Ohio State is number one. They've played it. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I would just assume that the toughest schedule. I'm sure Washington fans will push back and say the Pac-12 is far more difficult than the it's Big good. Ten, and they'd be correct. But it's just, again, this is all going to eventually um, – be come out in the wash. It's just a conversation starter. The thing that uh, uh, that that leapt out at me, because um, I know a lot of my uh, fellow Wolverines are like, well, we're number three because of all this sign stealing stuff. Boo Corrigan, which is the name of the gentleman in charge of the college football playoffs, said, "quote uh, of the sign stealing scandal as it being referred to right now." We really see it as an NCAA issue and not a CFP issue. Okay. You know what that means to me? Everything I've been telling you about the future of college football, that's an NCAA issue. That's a, that's a, that's a, a TP, their problem, not an MP, my problem. Everything I'm telling you is the college football playoffs is, in their mind, a separate entity from the NCAA, and that's exactly what I've been telling you. Like-minded schools are all going to get together on the NIL front. They're going to get together on the transfer portal front. They're going to get together on the scheduling front, and now maybe even the let's put kids in helmets that have headsets in them to get rid of this nonsense with sign stealing. Let's all get together because we'll have the money for it. Other schools might not, but too bad. And they're going to take their ball one day and tell everyone else to go home if they're not in the CFP umbrella. I don't know who's going to be in that, how many teams, but it's coming. It's a super league. It will come because the CFP will be the conduit. It will be the organization. And they'll tell the NCAA, you figure out what you want to figure out. But we're a separate entity. We see this as an NCAA problem, not a CFP issue. Oh, okay. Good to know. I heard that. I'm like, okay. Exactly what I've been thinking.
So no problem with the way the rankings are because it'll all come out in the wash. Go win football games. And the sense of go win football games, which is what I just said in relation to the standings of the first college football playoff. Hey, Washington, you got problems with being fifth? Go win football games. Florida State sitting there saying, oh, we haven't played anybody? Did you see what we did to LSU? You see what we've done in conference? Go in more football games. In the same vein, same thing about Michigan with this sign-stealing stuff. <sighs> the drip, 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 drip. Stop dripping. You know, the last week it was all, you know, he, this guy, Connor Stallions, you know, who I guess um, his mother maiden name was Connor and he grew up on Stallion Street. <laughs> you know, this guy, Connor Stallions, oh, he was buying tickets everywhere. He was buying tickets for Big Ten games. By the way, my favorite part of the reporting is he didn't buy tickets to Wisconsin games. That's because Big Cat, we know you're going to run the ball. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> Iowa's not going to score. And no, apparently they bought tickets to oh, Iowa. Really? bought oh, tickets man. to Iowa. Wait, and, an and, and, then, and then we found out, drip, drip, drip. Oh, he bought tickets to non-conference opponents. Drip, drip, drip. And then finally, the drip stops dripping because you know why? There's no video. That's what we need. If there was a video of some dude that was in Connor Stallion's seat or some lady holding up a phone and you could see it, he's pointing at it or she's pointing it at the sideline of a Michigan opponent. Oh, good Lord. Then it's going to be talked about. That video that went viral, that uh, a sign stealers and other stories say really wasn't that much watching Michigan football players on the sideline pointing up after Connor Stallions whispered in the ear of the defensive coordinator two years ago on the sideline of Michigan-Ohio State. It's just up means they're going to throw it. You don't know the routes. It's just like it's a pass play coming. And they scored on that play. Correct. Ohio State did, right. not Michigan. Right. Ohio okay, State. all that stuff. But it's video. Oh, gosh. That's what we're looking for. So now there's video apparently – of Connor Stallions on the sideline of Central Michigan earlier this year watching them take on Michigan State, future Michigan opponent. Now it's everywhere. And now Jim McElwain, the head coach of Central Michigan, has to answer questions, which is another soundbite to keep talking about it. This is what the head coach of the Chippewas had to say. Now, before we go any farther, uh, we've obviously are aware of a uh, picture floating around so with the the uh, the sign stealer guy. Um, you know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Uh, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. Uh, I certainly don't condone it uh, in any way, shape, or form. And. Uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Um, now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. Um, and again, uh, you know, there, there's there's no place in football for that. That's correct. There is no place in football for that. I don't know how the hell this guy wound up on this sideline. And by the way, the fact that they didn't you know, show up to will call and get a pass that said Connor Stallions means nothing. You could just get anybody's name, can get it, 
and hand it to this guy, and then suddenly he's on the sideline. And the right. he, it, I mean, for a for a military man, the sloppiest dude sloppiest in the ever. history of sloppiness. It's like one of my 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 kids who will just eat something he's not supposed to and eat, and then up. leave. The cabinet door open with crumbs basically going to his room. And it's just like, me. you're the worst criminal ever. This trail. dude is the worst <laughs> criminal ever. Wasn't me. If everything is true. And I just, it's it's time to get something out there. I'm it, and, and I'm hearing that, and we'll talk to Bruce Feldman about it in an hour or two. Michigan's going to sign Harbaugh to the contract he was going to get anyway, which is which I think is great. Because that means they must have looked into all this and figured there's no more drip, drip, drip that's going to come out that makes this contract moot. Uh, maybe I'm naive. Because this is the way through. Beat the crap out of everybody. Because Connor Stallions isn't standing on, you know, somebody else's sideline looking like Bobby Valentine in a mustache coming back to the dugout after he got ejected. He gone. He's not there anymore. And the people who he apparently personally Venmoed to shoot video for these opponents on tickets he's apparently bought, that's gone. Root and Branch. Purdue's next. Then Penn State. At Penn State. Then at Maryland. Then home for Ohio State. Tar and Feather. All of them. Because there's no asterisk. No, sir. Not this year. And you even heard Daniel Jeremiah the other day saying not even last couple of years either as Aiden Hutchinson folded the tackle of the Ohio State like a folding chair multiple times. And Daniel said, you don't get that from science. All of the jokes, all of the recriminations, totally get it and deserved. Quite frankly, if this guy's doing what he was doing, just beat everybody. Michigan. And then you'll wind up one to all of my friends out there are like, how is Ohio State one? Because they played people and beat them. But guess what? They got to play Michigan without the sign guy, sign stealing guy, as Jim McElwain calls him. How embarrassing. He won't be there. Just beat everybody. And the same thing goes for Georgia, too. You know, act two. You could say that they've gotten sort of like the hey that's 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 your that's your standing thanks to the last couple of years. I mean they have beaten everyone in front of them. They just you know they they devoured the world's largest cocktail party, you know. They survived Auburn. They're getting through the SEC, the you know, conference because it just means more. But I guess what they'll have to take on Alabama in the SEC championship game. That's where we're going one day. Seems like it. That's next. And Seems so like and so they got to go through. Alabama, keep winning games. Everybody just keep winning games. College football playoff standings is just for what we're doing right now. Yeah, doesn't mean Conversation. Much. It's November 1st. It's cool. It's back. Now we got these, you know, every week to look forward to. Yeah. But there's still a lot of football left. It's a month. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Of, a lot of big games left. There's a month of regular season action, and then comes conference championships. So it's five weeks from now. We'll see what it looks like. Yeah, I think we can kind of guess what but the how teams about are going to be. So I'm you, kind of more into the Heisman race. Did you take that that quote 
I don't know if you, you heard it last night. I wrote it down. We really see it as an NCAA issue and not a CFP issue. Oh, okay. So there's two separate entities, which means you could create your own entity under your umbrella at some well, point. Well, the, the CFP has no punishment uh, authority. Sure they do. They could basically say, while this is happening in the scandal, we want no piece of them in our playoffs. Uh, they could do that. I guess.